from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fight for Good podcast from the Salvation Army National Headquarters. We're recording here in Alexandria, Virginia. We want to thank you for taking a few moments from your day, downloading us or running us wherever you're, whatever you're doing, however you're listening to us. We hope you're having a super fantastic day. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to sharing a, a few things uh, that are happening with us here, in particular with our War Cry magazine. So I'd like to introduce everybody going around the table here. To my left, we have our managing editor. Jeff McDonald, <laughs> greetings. God bless you for being part of our discussion. That's all right. That's very good. That You, you did that well. I, I, I like that. I like that. Okay. Michelle, tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do. Um, I'm the assistant to the editorial director, which is Jeff. Which is Jeff. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're being real shy right now. I don't. I, it's. Are, are you are you comfortable enough? Are we okay? Oh yeah. Don't let me loose. I'll just keep going. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, Michelle has uh, been very versatile in her tenure here. How long have you been with us? Hold on, I have to count. February, March, <laughs> April, May, June, July, August, seven yeah, months. It's been very productive, and she's representing a millennial voice for us, which we appreciate. And we don't want to forget Elizabeth. She's over there working all the knobs. We got a new mixing board, and so hopefully things will kind of come together. She's the one behind the scenes, kind of producing us and trying to make sure we, we uh, stick to the script and, you know, with the hemming and hawing and all the pausing and the, the breathing and all of that kind of stuff, but that's all right. Uh, listen, um, it's been a great summer so far. Uh, we've been really uh, hopping all over the place. I have been to several states this month. I've been to Michigan, Ohio. I went to the Croc Center in Ashland, Ohio. I just want to shout out to the Francis's because I know they're listening. So we say hi to them and, um, and the Croc family there. Um, I also went to the Southern Bible Conference uh, at um, Lake Junalaska in Waynesville, I think it is, uh, North Carolina. And Bill and Diane Yuri were the special guest speakers there, and it was really a wonderful event. And I took a little bit of furlough out with my family out in Salem, Oregon. And we want to shout out to the Salem Croc Center out there as well, as we were uh, we had the opportunity to share a little bit about national publications uh, with the congregation out there. Now we're back here and back to work, getting things going. What about you, Jeff? You went a few places. Yeah, I went, actually, <laughs> my son arranged for a trip back to where he was a child raised, I mean, associated with his grandparents in North Carolina. He wanted to go down memory lane. We did that. And I also went to the spectacular New Jersey Shore, um, which, you know, it's better than it sounds <laughs> um, because it, it was the weather was great and I just love to be out bike riding and swimming and walking on the beach and and is it true all those there things. was a rumor it was that that you were going to audition for a new casting call that was going out for Jersey Shore yes I didn't quite make the cut you didn't no unfortunately I really I didn't enunciate well enough I think <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I didn't have the hair slicked back and the you know fins on my car and you know whatever. But um, yeah, it was it was a good time. Well, with family, you and I kind of had like good time with family and kind of. You know, it'd be kind of boring to some people, but it was good. It was good. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think Michelle had the most exciting vacation of us all. You yeah. got to tell our, our listeners a little bit about your summer so far. Um, well, if you listen to the last podcast, which obviously you did, you knew that I was going to California for two weeks and I started in Los Angeles and then I worked my way down to Southern California, did Irvine, um, Anaheim, Anaheim, um, Disney. And then we also went to San Diego even for a day. So we hit a lot of spots in and you, 14 days. You did see a few celebrities. I did. I saw six total. Six? Yes. Like mini celebrities, like YouTubers, all the way to like people on reality TV, to an actor from the 13 Reasons Why um, cast. So but cool. what was your highlight? What was the, the like the apex moment for you on this whole journey to Southern um, California? Well, I mean, I have family in California, too. So seeing my cousin and spending time with him, I mean, obviously, that was the highlight. But if it was like one thing, I think the Warner Brothers studio tour was the coolest thing. Highly suggest it to anybody who goes, um, especially if you like Friends, Big Bang Theory, Batman. It'll be really fun for you. Did you end up getting a ticket to go see a show being filmed or anything like that? No, we didn't. We There just wasn't anything that really caught our eye and nothing we really wanted to stand in line for. So, no. But we do want to hear because you have a favorite restaurant out there mm-hmm. that many of our listeners have never even heard of the concept because I know we didn't hear of it really. No, we lived it early on, but (laughs) so tell everybody about that. So I did end up going to Gizmo's cereal bar and it's exactly what it sounds like. You go in and they have tons and tons of cereal. You make your own bowl. Um, It's as many as you want. So I did like four different chocolate cereals, like including two European ones. And then I put Rice Krispie treats on top of it because you can do toppings. And then you sat there and you watch cartoons like you did as a kid and (laughs) eat your cereal. Were there like, like older people there? Like us? No. 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 (laughs) Because that was our... I mean, my go-to was Apple Jacks and the Jetsons. That's what I used to do on Saturday morning. What about you? Well, Cheerios and uh, the Banana Splits I used to watch on TV. Oh, the Banana Splits. Yeah, there's there's a throwback. You have um, to YouTube them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we were watching Powerpuff Girls and playing Connect Four while we ate our cereal. Uh, No Looney Tunes? No, I mean, they do play it sometimes, but they were playing Powerpuff Girls at the time. Well, that's a little bit about our summer. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing that as well, and and Jeff. And, uh, you know, we hope you've had a great summer so far. Uh, I just read an article that here in Alexandria, the leaves are already starting to turn, and part of it is just because of the heat and some of the climate stuff that's going on. It's kind of interesting. And I did see a forecast of uh, we're supposed to have a lot more snow and colder temperatures coming our way even though it's like 85 outside right now. But summer's kind of winding down, and that means we're we're kind of ramping up for a lot of different seasonal activities of the Salvation Army all around the country. And one of the, the big things that we do at this time of year, uh, most places across the country, the schools have gone are back in session, uh, college campuses, as well as elementary and, and middle and high school. Um, we, uh, we, we noticed uh, we got the Salvation Army got a shout out by one of our biggest fans, and that's uh, Charlotte Anderson. 
who obviously, if, if any of you know your NFL, um, her dad is the owner of the um, <clears throat> Dallas Cowboys, and they are huge fans of the Salvation Army. Did you know that? About oh, goodness, that? yes. Yeah. Their halftime show in support of the kettle kickoff is, is just great every year. So she gave a, a shout out. I, I guess the, the Cowboys during their um, d- uh, during a spring training or, or not spring training. What do you call it? Uh, preseason did something in Hawaii, and they. So she Charlotte used to she used to be the uh, national chairman of uh, of the National Advisory Board of the Salvation Army. She said that the the Salvation Army is always there in Hawaii. Exclamation point at Dallas Cowboys giving backpacks to the Salvation Army U.S. children. And uh, we appreciate that shout out uh, from Charlotte and a reminder that uh, as kids go back to school, a lot of activities have happened across the country where the Salvation Army has participated and with a lot of different uh, companies in assisting kids with uh, back to school uh, supplies and things of that nature. Um, so we're, we're very very happy about that. You remember those days going back to school, how exciting it was? Oh, I do. And, you know, see the kids now getting ready for the bus and their new outfits and the backpacks and that whole new experience. How great it, it is. Was, it was great, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Now, I didn't realize we have to deal with more traffic because the kids are back in school. So I there's know. always a positive and a negative, right? Right. And, you know, I do feel sorry for the kids going back, too. I mean, it's the end of their summer siesta so <laughs> so you know that's a big adjustment we did have in our last issue uh, we had a little bit of kind of like back to school help for uh, our millennial college students right and um, I was just wondering Michelle if you had any kind of feedback on our our centerpiece that we did um, with our influencer um, I mean, I haven't heard anything yeah. in particularly, but Kenzie did share on her Instagram. Um, she like opened up the magazine and like tagged us in it and was like, "You might see a, a might see a familiar face in the war cry this month." And then one of the just another YouTuber that I saw in California who's friends with Kenzie just said that that was you know a really cool thing that Kenzie got to kind of be like the center center spread for that, and then that, that was just a really cool. Um, interview I couldn't think of the word yeah yeah a cool yeah. article that we did and uh, I, I've heard some really nice nice things about it and, and uh, it's I, I think it's a it's a nice feature as we go forward that we're going to be kind of focusing on some topics in particular for for millennials to consider well let's talk stats everybody likes numbers right in this room everybody is excited about numbers definitely we love numbers <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I've, I've asked Elizabeth to give us a, a, a couple of things. You might be interested to know some of the some of the things that are happening. Now, we are in our infancy stage with the podcasting. We admit that. We're rookies with this, and we're still getting our way. We're, we're having to kind of go through our legal team to get uh, some agreements signed with, uh, you know, a couple other bases, but we're going to get there. We're going to be on iTunes and Spotify very soon, very soon. But so far, our last one, we had 75 listeners. Amen. <laughs> so that's 75 of you, right? That's pretty good. All right. 
let's 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 work on that. Yeah, let's uh, keep it going, keep it growing. Keep that's it going. Seventy-five more than we had the week before. That's oh, very good. <laughs> that's that. statistics. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know. I noticed some things like we're really trying to ramp up our digital presence, and on the war cry, we had uh, something that was. Uh, put up last Friday. It was a picture of uh, General Evangeline Booth and Amelia Earhart. And did you know that we had over 16, almost 16,500 people look at that and comment about it? And it seems that our um, historical pictures kind of have a lot of uh, resonance with, they resonate a lot with our with our online crowd right now. And that kind of matches some of the, the demographics that we see. We're, we're starting to collect that kind of data of, of, uh, you know, like the age groups of the people that are looking, looking to us. But to me, it's interesting on Facebook that we have almost 19% of our, our readership is between the ages of 25 and 34 and 19% is 65 and above. So those are the two highest um, age groups that are that are watching us online. Does that shock you at all? To me, it does a little bit. It, it certainly is heartening, um, and we are trying to put in useful information for those age groups, as with other age groups. Uh, the McKenzie interview being an example of that, uh, and we have an adulting uh, column that we've been running recently. So we are trying to, you know provide content that appeals to these different groups. I'm always interested in this kind of stuff. I'm always interested in the background, you know, things, how things work, you know, like whenever I'm flying, I'm always interested in what the pilots are doing and what the flight crew's doing and how the plane is managing. I guess that's why I never sleep on planes. Cause I'm just always interested in that. But I was really interested to find out that, uh, we, we are uh, obviously our top audience in the top countries is the United States. But India and Nigeria follow closely behind that. And Nairobi, Kenya is a, the largest city overseas that has the most hits. So we want, if any of this, if this podcast gets to our African friends, we want to give them a shout out and thank them for following. Anyways, there's just kind of some interesting uh, trends that are happening, uh, both with uh, the Warcry and also with Peer. We see we see the digital side of things growing a little bit, and and we're hoping that the um, that this this kind of takes off our our podcast takes off a little bit more. Before we get back to the conversation with Colonel Foley, I just want to take a moment to talk about Peer Magazine. Peer is a Salvation Army youth publication for 16 to 22 year olds. By addressing topics related to faith, community, and culture, Peer ignites a conversation that deepens biblical perspective, faith, and holy living. Peer is a monthly magazine that comes directly to your mailbox for free almost every month. Just visit peermag.org to subscribe. Again, that's peermag.org. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, September issue. We put that together. That's that's already hitting the streets. Um, anything, uh, Jeff, you want to... First off, we, we've, we've done something different with the cover that I think people should be aware of. And do you want to... I've had people ask me a little bit, um, a little bit about the you know, the symbolism and, and, and whatnot that's on the cover. Do you want to share anything on that? 
Well, certainly. I mean, the the current trend in cover design is to have a single image that conveys the concept of what you're trying to convey in the magazine. And certainly, th- this is an illustrative approach in September, as opposed to a photographic approach. Um, and it certainly develops a theme of remembering the forgotten, which is really carried out throughout the issue. Um, it, you know, describing the illustration of somebody sending almost a message in a bottle, which is, of course, a familiar theme to many, um, is part of what this issue deals with in that the army is, the Salvation Army is always looking for innovative ways to continue its tradition of reaching out to the lonely, the lost, the forgotten, and remembering that Christ calls us to serve them. And we, we have kind of hit that throughout the, um, throughout the article. When we come up with these themes, uh, we, we try to you know, make sure that we're, we're, we're not oversaturating the, the magazine on it, but trying to, trying to bring to the surface a little bit about something that the Salvation Army is, is, is doing, mm-hmm. you know, is... is um, and, that, and that's we, we do a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people don't don't see they don't they don't recognize and one of our jobs I think in publications is to bring some of that to the surface and you you've done that uh, pretty well uh, laying out the content uh, in the magazine uh, for September so and, and we, we did go with a kind of a, a different different look a little bit like with this illustration we, we, we haven't had this this wasn't a, a piece that we commissioned but we did find it in our sources. And, and we thank our design team for uh, their creativity. Indeed. And, you know, it, it is thought-provoking, in, in our minds anyway, and we hope it spurs further interest. But the Pathway of Hope initiative, which we're covering this issue, is, um, well, there's, here's a quote that describes it. The Pathway of Hope, we are seeking to permanently change lives in Jesus' name, not just meet emergency needs. Pathway of Hope is a new, is new in the sense of being a national one army initiative with new approaches, new tools, and even new terms in our efforts to transform lives. But the stories that are the outcome are not new. It's been our history and our heritage as a Salvation Army. And in this issue, we really delve into the nitty-gritty of uh, people's lives as the army helps them face obstacles in everyday life that are just challenges from finding tires for a car so someone can get to work to overcoming addiction and uh, escaping from uh, domestic violence it's a great program that kind of deals with a 360 approach in in helping assistance now we're going to later in this podcast we're going to hear a little bit from the staff from uh, lakewood florida pathway of hope uh, interview and we'll be talking about that. So we do an extensive uh, update on the Pathway of Hope uh, across the nation, which we're very uh, excited about, and we appreciate everybody that's involved in that unique program that the Salvation Army is doing. To build on that, um, we do have a couple of new things in the September issue. That can, we did start this uh, spiritual formation page uh, that uh, Colonel Foley has put together for each issue that is encouraging reflection, prayer, and further investigation of faith. We also have a looking backward page that uh, draws on the history of the Army, some significant events in its history, and how that might tie in for today. You know, one of the one of the things I thought um, 
a, a little, it, it, I guess it's a, it's a new feature, but the feature would be emphasizing some historical things that are relevant, like for that, this particular month, maybe many years ago or whatever. And so we're working very closely with our archives department and they're, they're giving us some great uh, material that we're not only sharing in the magazine, but we'll be sharing online. And that's becoming, um, more this will be a, a regular feature as as we go forward um and, right. and probably instead of just hitting like one issue just all on history it, we we we'd like to kind of emphasize it all the way through that's that's right we should also point out the uh interview in this issue with representatives of thrivent which is a financial firm for christians and they talk about Money. We call. We title it money. What is it good for? Money as a symbol has actually a very rich and challenging connotation that uh, can help people come to terms with priorities in life, especially young folks. Also, I I, I really like the the I the concept of that they're trying to inspire generosity. Exactly. You know, one of the things that kind of has always struck me about, like, the the Salvation Army Red Christmas kettle, which we're only about two and a half months away from seeing those on the street again, hmm. is it actually is teaching younger generations how to give, you know, how, how to think of others. And it was always kind of a it's, – it's always a very heartwarming when parents bring their kids and they kind of talk about it, hmm. you know, and show physically how to be generous. Uh, and I think that's a that's a really really important thing that we have to intentionally teach the generations behind to to be generous uh, in a way. <clears throat> and I've I've always kind of run off of uh, a, a rule of, of my life, which I which I actually drew from the biography of the great missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, he said so many, so many years ago when he was running this orphanage and they would be almost to the point where they had nothing to feed the children, where they, they just had to completely rely on their faith uh, in, in so many instances. And, and I know of Salvation Army officers across the world that actually have to live like that. I mean, they really have to embrace that sense of, of faith. But Hudson Taylor said something very profound that's always stuck with me. He said, if God's, if God's work is done God's way, God's obligated to support his work. And part of the way that God does, does his work is for us to be creative in our methodology, you know, adapting to the times, which is something the Salvation Army historically has done. But there's that element of faith, too, where you've got to really put your faith. And what I liked about this article uh, that you, you put together on the expert witness is if I was a core officer and I was looking for something to teach my people on how to how to be generous and not just to kind of throw out the a blanket proof text from an Old Testament passage or something from the New Testament. But I think as you, you interviewed these, uh, these individuals with this, this uh, organization, you, uh, you, you pulled out some, they, they shared with you some very key principles that I think can be easily translated. And uh, I know that they're, they're very excited to be featured in our, our magazine. So. Right. And their inspiration is that, when you think about generosity, God is most generous, and that is a pattern that He calls us to emulate. And God is forgiving, right? For 
caregiving. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, in a way, I mean, there's, there's, there's movement that has to take place in our lives uh, in regards to others. Can, can you just share with our listeners a little bit of the, what the genesis of expert witness means? Like, like what are we usually when we get an expert witness, what are we kind of looking for in, in this section? Simply somebody who can speak with an air of authority to a certain subject. Um, it's really a profile interview approach. And uh, we, we do try to seek out those who have a particular passion or angle or a knowledge base that we can share with our readers. And we've had some interesting ones that have been focused. And sometimes we come to the next issue and you're, you're thinking like, okay, who, who, what? Mm. And, and it's amazing how the Lord kind of brings uh, either organizations or individuals to the surface for us to, to share and highlight. Yes, and all those who are listening, please pray for us as uh, for the Lord's guidance as He guides us in these ways. Yeah, and, and we and we sincerely mean that because it's uh, you know we we've got a team here that works very hard. There's a lot of deadlines that we were faced. I, I you know I, I'm I'm getting to know and appreciate the staff, but I'm also appreciating the fact that we we have these these pending deadlines and it's it's not a matter of just pulling things hodgepodge from all over the place but to try to have this this unique flow and we do know that sometimes some of the things that we write um, people push back on and people may not like or they may uh, take us to task which we, you know we get those letters but we we get more positive in 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 what it is that we're trying to do and and we we hope that this you know we realize that this magazine i i realize it's not a magazine that you just kind of sit down and you read it in 10 minutes i mean there are things that you can digest and that you can go back and we do have some listeners overseas i know we have i have officer friends uh in lithuania and uh, latvia that are listening to our podcast and um, I know that they're using our material uh, for um, sharing and for their own sermons and the their uh, the encouragement of of their people. Um, so that will lead us to something down the road because I think I'd like to do a feature on you know what people do with the war cry other than just letting it sit in the lobby and and uh, just kind of collect dust or and until it's thrown away in, in recycling or, or whatever. But uh, anyways, boy, I'm starting to I'm starting to meddle, aren't I? I'm starting to ramble and meddle. No, no, those are all important <laughs> topics, and we're trying to represent what the army does, so that those who are associated with the war cry and the army can be, feel part of uh, the common good that we're trying to build. You know, I was I was speaking at the Salem, Oregon Croc Center last week. It was uh, and we're we're coming to you in at the, at the end of August, so. Um, but I, I encourage the congregation. I said, "Look, you you have like fifteen hundred people a day coming to this place. Why not put that magazine out someplace?" And and they do. They do do that there. Um, it's it's really uh, it's it's kind of good. But I also encourage them. Just give it to somebody. Take it to the doctor's office. You know, I'm, I'm I've started thinking about you know places that I need to just kind of leave it, because there are people out there like me who came to Christ because of written word, not church, not family, not a sermon. It was because of the living word of God, and 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 really that's what we're expressing. I think in our magazine, uh, there's there's a commonality with with that. 
So is there anything else that kind of pops out that um, there's a, Michelle, you need to tell us a little bit about what's going on in the middle, and that would give us a, a segue into um, our uh, our interview. Yeah, so we um, – it actually started with an Instagram ad. I think Facebook is listening to me and knows that I work here now because I got this random ad for this book called The Lipstick Gospel. And I just thought that's really weird that I would get an ad for that. So I swiped up, and you could actually download the book for free on a PDF version. So I downloaded it. I think I was two pages in and I had like half of it highlighted. And I told Jeff, I was like, we need like we need to talk about this book. It was just very straight to the point, uh, very raw and honest. And I felt like it didn't feel like I was being preached to. It felt like I was almost talking to a friend, but I was reading her story. Um, so then Jeff read it and we both agreed like we had to get a hold of her. Um, and because Stephanie, the author, is very um, – like she's easy to find. She does her own podcast. She has a couple books out. Um, and then she also, what is it? Like does a group. What like is a, it called? She's like a, a Like a counselor, right? Yeah. Like she. Yeah. She's counseling young women. women yeah. Like, in, like, for like coaching them. Mentoring or coaching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but she yeah. does it through the church. I'm pretty sure uh -huh. it sounds like. But, um, but yeah, so she was very easy to get in touch with. Um, set up an interview right away. And just like her whole story was, I mean, really fascinating. Again, it felt like everything she said just was honest and open. And I think because she does do podcasting and mentoring and stuff like that, there wasn't any breaks in her sentences. Every word she said was to the point and had a meeting, which made cutting down her interview really hard. So <laughs> yeah, because I liked everything she had to say. That's great. Right, yeah. great. Mm -hmm. She's very impressive. Uh, she, I think people could really relate to her because she deals with uh, pressures on young people, including the need to conform at the same time, finding your place in the world, dealing with heartbreak and coming mm -hmm. out on the other side of it uh, and uh, finding your way. Yeah. Well, we feature Stephanie in the, in the middle of our, our September issue of the war cry. Um, the article is entitled Getting Real. And so let's hear a little bit from Stephanie Mae Wilson, the author of The Lipstick Gospel. Obviously, you you wanted to be a journalist originally. And uh, yeah. I guess you already always knew you had an ability to write, but it really comes through in that book. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I studied in college um, broadcast news and so my journalism career you know as it was kicking off was much more geared towards tv mm -hmm. and so every once in a while i really i can recognize the fact that i didn't have a ton of you know print media classes and so i you know I, my knowledge of the style guide's a little rough and my uh -huh. my comma placement's a little rough i'm like in college we used ellipses like you know, you didn't use commas um, when you're writing for TV. So it's, it's funny. I feel like my TV writing comes out every once in a while. So that's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Now, we have a series of questions that we'd like to ask you as a way of yeah. steering this conversation. So here's the first question. What is the biggest lesson you've learned from being open about your life in a novel? Would you do anything differently? Um, so I'm glad that you asked this, and it's funny that you're asking this week because um, this week I actually read an excerpt from my book, The Lipstick Gospel, on my podcast, Girls' Night, 
And, um, I mean, I wrote the book several years ago, and, I mean, I don't go back and read it, you know, once a week or anything, and so it's been a while since I've since I've read it. I mean, I lived the story. I know it like the back of my hand, but it's just been a while since I read it. And as I was reading it, um, I just read maybe the first fourth of the book on my podcast. I had this feeling like, oh my gosh, why did I share these details? <laughs> they are, I mean, it's not, it's such a messy story. And I had this like moment of shame where I thought, what is my what are my podcast listeners going to think if they know really truly where I came from? And obviously so many of them have already read the book, but you know, it just felt different reading it out loud. And, um, I, mm. I felt this, you know, I was reading it out loud. So I knew I could, you know, change a word here or there. And I, I had the urge to, I had the urge to sort of clean up my story and to make it sound better than it was. But in that moment, I remembered something that I've known for a long time and just that's the fact that our testimonies are important, not because they make us look good or bad in my case, but because they're proof of what God is capable of doing in our lives when we open ourselves up to him. And I was talking to a girlfriend about, you know, just my feelings on, on sharing the book all over again on my podcast. And she was saying, you know, Steph, when people are in a really messy season of their lives, that's what it feels like. It feels really messy. They feel really alone. It does not feel shiny or pretty or buttoned up. And so we really do people a disservice when we talk about our past and say, like, it was tough. You know, I made some poor decisions, didn't know God, you know, wasn't following his plan, you know, just kind of glossing over it in that way. Because when you're in the thick of it, that's not what life feels like. It doesn't feel glossed over. And so that was just, I feel like I got to learn this lesson all over again, that it's important for us to, to tell the truth about where we've been and to tell the truth about where God met us. So that other people can see God is capable of meeting me in this messy spot too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, well, <laughs> my my reaction to that is your your um, honesty is very underscores common common experiences we all have. I think there's a universal truth in your writing that comes through. So I'll I'll Thank let you. I'll let Michelle Michelle go with the next question. Yeah, I love that answer and. You know, when I was reading your book, um, the thing that got me is it was so honest. I think that was like the biggest word I kept telling Jeff was that I feel like she's just writing in her diary. And, you know, because that's that's true. When people find their faith, it's not just this like, like you said, glossy, shiny moment. It's a reoccurring thing. Like you're going to have highs, like really high highs and really low lows. Um, and that's normal. That's life. So, you know, just kind of going off that, like, what is something that you would have, like, given, you know, your your 20-year-old self advice, um, you know, back in college? Like, what is something that you know now that you would have told yourself back then? Um, there are about a million things. <laughs> so don't be friends with girls uh, who are mean to you. You know, I'm, I wish that I, I learned that lesson a lot earlier, but throughout my entire life, you know, um, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, even into my adulthood, I found myself having great, some really wonderful friends who were like in your corner, love you no matter what, always there for you kind of friends. And then I always had, you know, and it would kind of rotate different seasons. I always had a pocket of friends who I would spend a lot of time with who either weren't a great influence on me or who just weren't very kind to me. Like, I just didn't feel like I could really be myself. I really, I felt like I wasn't good enough, like I was also too much, like I had to change who I was, and um, I didn't feel supported or loved. And I think that who we are surrounded by really deeply impacts 
every single other area of our lives. It impacts the way we feel about ourselves. It impacts our faith. It impacts our romantic relationships. It impacts our work. And I think that, um, you know, one of the biggest things that changed for me, you know, in the Lipstick Gospel, like you guys have read, is going from being around some women who I didn't feel as close to and as supported by um, to being surrounded by some really wonderful women who really, really loved me. And I think that being surrounded by women like that made me feel safe enough to start asking some hard questions and to be vulnerable and to really go through the life change that happened in my life when I was in Spain. And so um, I think that if my 20-year-old self had been only surrounded by really great friends who really, really loved her, all the other pieces of my life would have been easier. And really, that was the first thing that changed for me before I met God, um, before I you know, made some giant lifestyle changes. The first thing was that I was really surrounded and loved first, and, and everything sort of followed after that. Yeah, wow. Um, your description of a moral hangover was very well put in the book. Why is it so hard for us to hear the voice of conscience and to go against the prevailing concerns of fitting in, being good enough, good-looking enough, successful enough? It is so easy to get stuck between both worlds. The world of wanting to be perfect, to reach the sense of self that culture sets up for us, that the advertising, fashion, entertainment world portrays. It seems that this is the norm for Christians in the church today, even, how do you deal with this? What do you recommend people do to combat it? To me, from you know, from what I see and what I see in myself and what I see in people in my life, I think one of our greatest needs as humans is to be seen and known and loved. Um, it's just at the core of who we are. And so it's really hard for us to make decisions that are going to isolate us. Um, that's something that I really experienced in college. I think that, I mean, there were a lot of reasons that I behaved the way that I did. Um, but one of them, I think, was that I, I wanted to be part of something. I wanted to be included. I wanted to be, I wanted to, mm-hmm. wanted to be surrounded and known and loved. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I think that that's why it's important for us to have friends who are making the kinds of decisions we want to be making. Um, so that's part of it. But I think that this, this desire is not, weakness necessarily, I think in a lot of ways, it's really beautiful. Like we just have this heart longing to be loved. Um, and I, and I think that that's beautiful even when it comes out in not so beautiful form. The other thing is that I think that we all have to learn a lot of times the hard way, what does and what doesn't satisfy us in life, like what does and what doesn't fill us up. Some of the things that we chase in the world are really enticing and they make really big promises. And We all have fallen into different ones of them at different times. You know, I mean, they look a little bit different in college than they do as a 30-year-old, you know, or as a 50-year-old. We all have things that that the world promises us or that culture promises us. If we just do this one thing, then we'll get this result, and we really want that result. Um, They're all really enticing. And I think that sometimes, just because we're humans and because we just don't get things right all that often, we have to chase the wrong thing for a while to realize it's the wrong thing. And so I think that when I, you know, picture myself with a moral hangover and when I, you know, go back and in my mind watch myself make decisions that I knew at the time weren't good for me, I have a lot of compassion for myself because 
I just really was doing the best that I could at the time. I wasn't trying to be stupid. Um, sometimes I guess I was, but, <laughs> but not, not most of the time. I, I was trying to, to be close. I was trying to find my people. I was trying to find my place, trying to heal my broken heart. I was trying to fill the hole, like the holes that I felt in my heart. Um, and I think that this is what we're, we're doing a lot of times. And, you know, sometimes, you know, as we get to know the Lord, we, we get to learn that um, we get to see through some of the things that promise us or that make us big promises but aren't going to be able to fulfill them. Um, we get to invite God into the places that that are aching or that feel empty. We get to really invite him into those places. Um, but I still think even as believers, sometimes we end up chasing the wrong things and we chase them for a while before realizing that they weren't what we were looking for. Yeah. Um, so you're now, I think your your mission now is helping women grow. Is that right? Yeah. So um, it's really helping 20 and 30 something women navigate and thrive in their most important relationships. So it's their relationships with God, with their friends, with their significant others and with themselves. And it's, it's just really cool work to get to do. And the thing that's cool about it is that not only do those four relationships really play off of each other, like when we have a better relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves improves. When we like truly know who we are and believe that we're worthy of love, the way that we interact with our friends is better. Um, when we have great friends, our romantic relationships are better. So they all like play off of each other. But I think that really when we have healthy, thriving relationships in our lives, we are able to show up as our best selves and we're able to do the things that we are created to do in the world. I mean, it is absolutely my mission. I love God's heart for women and I love what he's doing in our lives and I love who we get to be for each other. And it's just a real honor to get to do this work. Well, I, I do remember, uh, Michelle, when you, I think you showed me in May uh, little excerpts from from this book. And mm-hmm. I, I was really, really excited about uh, about that, and uh, it's it's great listening to her. Thank you for both of you. You both interviewed her. And, mm-hmm. We did. And it was a delight, really. Yeah, did a g- good job uh, with her. And I, I love the quote that we've highlighted here: "When we have a better relationship with God, our relationship with ourself improves." And it kind of gets back to the, you know, uh, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And, and uh, make sure you love yourself too. You know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and all of us uh, walk in this uh, this earth <laughs> are created in the imago dei, in the image of God. And she gets to the heart of that. So thank you for that. Well, seg- segueing uh, segueing on uh, past that, uh, we we want to get back to uh, the uh, uh, Chris- the Christmas war cry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about okay, that. Christmas in August. Yeah. We we kind of we we we're we're off off kilter a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, the the good old Colonel's eyesight skipped over uh, an important uh, line, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Christmas and the Christmas work. I I found it was very interesting how far in advance that we have to put the Christmas work cry together. Do you want to sh- share a little bit with our listeners on that? Yes, we actually have to ask the general in May for his article for the Christmas art, um, War Cry, which is kind of a you know, bump in the road for him, but we appreciate his contribution. We distribute the Christmas War Cry in October, early October, so it's in the hands of Corps and Salvation Army units 
for use during the kettle kickoff campaign and their different ministry uh, ministries and programs during the holiday season. And I'm thinking we're about ready to put send this thing to the the printers. Well, we actually have to get we get it translated. Yes, that's one of been the uh, feature of it in the past five years. We produce a large print version and a Spanish version as well, and those have met with good success. And it's it's twenty four pages, so it's a little less. And we have a couple of nice features, and we'll once we get the copy of that, we'll we'll kind of you know we'll we'll emphasize a few things that we have. Right, like Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes, of course. For instance. Of course. Yes, <laughs> you got to emphasize that. Uh, but we look forward to uh, talking to you all about uh, the Christmas War Cry in, in a future, or probably our next uh, podcast. Um, but I, I know that that, that tool uh, is very effective. We print over a million copies of that, and it goes all over the place. Yes, and we look forward to having people use it uh, as a tool for evangelism and support for the army. All right. Um, I think now we'll we'll uh, get back to the the pathway of hope. Thank you. Yes. You you uh, you did a, a very in, in intensive uh, and exclusive. Uh, not intensive, but um, well, intensive, but very detailed article. You got a lot of information on this program. What, what, can you put it like in a little soundbite of what what it is? The Pathway of Hope is a, the Army's initiative to break the circle, the cycle of intergenerational poverty for families. It is a client-based case management program that the Army works with families through uh, to bring them to a place of self-sufficiency and hope and we we had um we had the opportunity to talk a little bit with the lakewood lake not lakewood lakeland, lake, lakeland um florida uh, uh, staff there was there was there anything in particular that that came out of that interview certainly uh we just spoke with the uh, people on the field who are doing the actual work just wanted to get some impressions from them of the impact that this initiative is having. And our own Elizabeth Handley was the one who uh, actually interviewed them. And so let's hear a few words from the staff from uh, Lakeland. What are some common problems that families struggle with? Often, some of the barriers that a lot of our um, clients may face is unemployment, mm -hmm. um, affordable housing. So some of them are employed, but they're having to pick whether or not they're going to put food on the table for their family or a fair, um, afford a fair market rental. Um, transportation is a big barrier for some of our clients who may not have access to bus passes or to cars. Um, and then just a lack of education. So a lot of our families that come into our program may only have a ninth grade education, which then affects their ability to get gainful employment. Sure. You know, is there a particular case that has resulted in a successful outcome that anyone can recall and share about? Sure. Johanna and Elmer, they have how many children? Three. Three, three, three boys. Three boys. And uh, they were displaced because of the hurricane, I believe. Is that correct? Hurricane Irma? Maria. 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 Okay. 
and uh, and wound up staying with us, and they have taken full advantage. They're in our long-term housing program now. When I say long-term, it's our family living program. It's 12 to 18 months, and uh, they have taken full advantage of, of the opportunities that the Pathway of Hope uh, has given them, been able to save a lot of money, actually are going to be closing on their own home that they're that they're purchasing how soon are they going to close yes. september 19th that is incredible it, it is and it it, uh, it shows you the effectiveness of the program if it's followed uh first of all if we uh, you know keep our diligence up as far as you know running the program and and then it, if people follow it uh, the way it's meant to be followed, uh, the benefit is, well, it's obvious here with, with uh, Johanna and the family, uh, able to purchase their own home. Wow. That, that's an amazing story. Really great work y'all are doing over there. So thank you. Um, and then how have you seen um, this initiative evolve? Well, it took us a while to learn it. Uh, <laughs> there, are some, there are some intricate steps to it. Uh, again, our advantage was... And I think we were a little concerned at the outset. We started three years ago, two and a half years ago, and uh, I think we were concerned at, at all the steps and processes of it. But once we got into it, uh, I think we saw that we were we were uniquely positioned for it, even though we didn't know it. And so that helped our progress. It got us up to speed quicker than maybe some other uh, units. And uh, so now it's just like old hat to us. And, you know, we've developed some, some ideas along the way of our own uh, to enhance the pathway of hope. Uh, you know, you can, you can tailor it uh, a little bit to your own situation. Uh, and uh, so that's helped us a little bit, too, think, a little, thinking a little bit outside of, of the program itself and improving it. And that's what happens with any new program. Uh, it improves along the way as people come up with new and better ideas. Cool. Thank you. And then my final question is going to be, what potential do you see going forward? Well, I, 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 for us, it, I think it has great potential because it really is an automatic. People who come, particularly into a family living program, they will most of the time be automatically placed on the Pathway of Hope program. Our limitation is we probably don't have enough caseworkers. Uh, we have 41 families, usually a night on our campus, and we have three people in the room now who do that casework. Um, so that's a bit of a challenge for us. We could always use some, some more case management help, and, and we may be able to do that with some interns from local colleges and, and, and such. Since we're looking to expand, our facilities was, was built to be able to expand annually. Um, you know, 49 acres, we still have more room for probably, we have the infrastructure probably for another 50 families. So you can imagine that in the long-term future, 10 to 15 years down the road, it, it, it's, uh, it'll be very helpful to us to have as much structure as we can. Pathway of Hope does that for us, but we'll need, uh, we'll need some more people to help us with it. Well, we thank the staff of Lakeland uh, Pathway of Hope in Florida, and we do thank all of the uh, employees and volunteers and officers that are promoting and heavily involved in this 
great and growing and needed, much needed program uh, throughout the United States. Uh, we, we'd like to hear from you on uh, more on that as we go forward. We're, we're interested in the stories of transformation in people's lives that are helped through uh, through that program. I should give a quick shout out to those who contributed to that article. Uh, it was most helpful to have each territory supply uh, information on the program in their area and to share with us some of the uh, stories about people whose lives have been transformed as a result. So thank you. We'd like to encourage our listeners to consider checking out crestbooks.com. We at National Publications have uh, a whole uh, lot of different books over the years that have been produced. And we're very excited to announce our, our newest book that will be coming out in a few weeks. And that is called Christmas Breakthrough, Finding the Real Gifts of the Season, which has been written by one of our favorite authors, Commissioner Phil Needham. He's inviting readers to take a 41-day journey to be their guide over the course of that journey is Christmas Breakthrough, a series of devotionals relating to Advent, Christmas, and the Epiphany. Throughout this inspirational text, Commissioner Needham retells the events surrounding the birth of Christ and shares the many lessons that can be learned in revisiting what he recognizes as the most important breakthrough in human history. So we're in process of uh, attempting to get that book to press soon, and we're, we're getting really, really close on it. We're very excited about it. Anything you wanted to say about the book Christmas Breakthrough? Well, it, it, that, only that it, we hope to have it available, we will have it available before the Advent season so people can use it in their individual uh, devotions as well as group uh, group activities. I, I kind of like go nuts over uh, Advent um, devotional books. So I'm very excited about this. This is this is actually something that both my wife and and myself, and particularly my wife, uh, over the years would uh, instruct um, our Salvationary congregations. Eventually, when we were with the cadets at in the Western Territory, uh, and when we were divisional leaders out in uh, San Francisco, we really emphasized making sure our officers and our soldiers really stuck to the uh, fundamentals of, of Advent, remembering what it is. It's so easy to get off the tracks when you're a Salvation Army officer, when you're trying mm -hmm. to help these large communities and a large people in need at the holiday season. There's so much on that. But Commissioner Needham has has written this book with that in, in mind. And I, I think the rhythm of it, the writing of it, uh, it it's going to be something that will be a, uh, an, a, an exciting tool for officers to be able to use on their own personal journey and to be able to share with others as they, they go along. So when you see that book come out um, this this Christmas season, don't put it away and say, I'm, I'll, I'll look at it next year, bring it to the to the top and start. Such start a good point you, you bring out that the, the work the Salvation Army officers do, especially in the holiday season, is so intensive and so uh, other oriented, others oriented that it would be, can be difficult to do hold on to the uh, true purpose of uh, the Army's work. Yeah, and it's it's sort of a, a a niche, you know, what the Salvation Army does in these communities throughout throughout the country. Um, it's not it's not what we do worldwide. A lot of times, uh, 
because it's just kind of different with different cultures and, and, and customs in a way. But certainly here in North America, uh, the the uh, holiday intensity of the assistance is 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 magnified. So we want to encourage our our officers and our soldiers and employees to always maintain a sense of balance with that, you know. And and hopefully this book will will help uh, on the the spiritual register register. Uh, for for a, uh, a a deeper deeper meaning of the season, and with that we see Colonel Foley's pastor's heart. Well, it's there. I kind of sometimes wear it on my sleeve too much, but that's all right, and uh, that's the way it is. Well, you know we've had a we've had a great summer, and we're we're like we said at the beginning, uh, we're we're making that transition into fall. Uh, we're working hard on the October issue already. What's our theme for October? Actually, uh, faith at the different stages of life. Uh, thinking of the uh, the gospel, of course, is for everyone and open to all. It has particular meaning at different stages of life. We're just trying to represent that for uh, through di- people's stories. And we do have a, a, a kind of a unique little article in uh, in the September uh, issue that we, we didn't really get to too much, but it's the Adulting 101. Yeah, that's uh, a very interesting, helpful article on uh, time management for young, young people. And uh, Michelle was uh, helpful in finding that and extracting it from the book Adulting 101. Was there anything you wanted to say on that? What, did, you, did you kind of have any takeaways from from processing that. Um, I do remember like one of the things, um, if you are reading it, it was number five about be early. And I was just like, oh, that's something my mom instilled in me. Mm-hmm. So I knew like if if I remember hearing these little lessons growing up, I'm sure other people my age did too. But yeah, it's very, very well written. Like it, again, it was so well, well written. It was hard to cut stuff out. Yeah. But we did it. So it's be, be uh, early for interviews. and For everything, everything. yeah. That way you're never late. I'm like, it's smart. But and people don't think about that, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the people that think about it are sitting on the other side, you know, waiting for you to yeah. come in for the interview, <laughs> you know, but uh, it does make an impression. Um, on on so many things, I, I I had I had been criticized by somebody once that they said you're 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 never late, but you're never early, you know. But I was always on time, so <laughs> you know that's precise. Yeah, yeah, there you go with that. Uh, we also uh, w- want to remind our readers that we have an ongoing uh, Bible uh, study series by our own uh, program secretary, um, um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dean Henson. And uh, the theme of our our twelve month series with him is uh, gardening with God, and we uh, this this month he emphasizes uh, in the Gospel of Mark of chapter four, and pulls out some really really good things. Again, this is this is good fodder. This is good sermon material that you can kind of take. And I'm aware of Dr. Uh, Jonathan Raymond, who is one of our editors of Word and Deed. He tells me that they take the war cry at the Wilmore, Kentucky Corps on Sunday mornings, and they have a discussion group with young adults that come. And they oftentimes pick out different articles that 
uh, that for them to to use uh, to to discuss. So it's kind of interesting. The war cry is a curriculum in some places. Um, but it's uh, a good point. I mean, think, thinking about Jesus's parable of the seed, the seed that fall, fa- uh, falls on fallow or good soil. Certainly, in this world, we are inundated with messages and all kinds of um, attention-grabbing material, and yet we're called to uh, plant a seed of uh, spiritual awareness and to let it grow, grow, not glow, grow and flourish in our lives. So it's rather a pertinent Bible study. So we encourage you to do that. We also encourage you to drop us a note. Let us know what you're doing with the Warcry. And uh, if you have anything that you would like to contribute, you can go to thewarcry.org and click on Contribute. And that will give you all of our upcoming themes for the year 2020. And that's that's a great, great year. Can you believe that? 2020. Sounds so up. rhythmical. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's certainly not my eyesight anymore, but you know that's that's the way it's going to be, and we want to encourage uh, you out there to to send us things. Uh, no no guarantees that we're going to publish everything, but I think the best advice I ever got as a writer was just keep writing. You know, especially if you get rejected or somebody doesn't like what you're doing, or write something else. Just keep at it. There's the discipline in that, isn't there? And uh, so we we uh, we want to take all kinds of different things. Also, we're looking for you know artwork. I think too. Oh yes, know? design artwork definitely. You know, one of the most uh, favorite things that I hear all the time, and I I got I, got, I had a finger pointed at me and, and kind of wagging at me, kind of, you know, <laughs> that long bony finger saying, don't you take away those recipes. Don't you mess with our crossword. Well, we have it. We, 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 we still have the crossword and we have the recipes, but we added a cartoon, you know, this time. And uh, Michelle was able to, to you, you dug around and found this cartoon, didn't you? Yeah, I got a lot of submissions. And so it had to like <laughs> go through the weeds to find the flower, but... <laughs> Yeah. I found a couple. <laughs> it's great. So uh, don't worry. We're not gonna we're not gonna mess with that section. And and I, I know that the crosswords are are uh, are a big thing. I need to start doing crosswords. You know, I, I do these. Should we words. set aside time during the day? Because I need that too. Yeah, that time. Maybe maybe four or five hours a day. Although I get frustrated with them. Well, I do too, because I would just be, you know, googling or calling my wife, texting my wife. But I have great respect for people who do them. But I do think we put the answers somewhere on the page there. So you don't have to be completely That's true. lost. That's right. All right. Well, we want to thank you for, for uh, taking the time to listen uh, to us. And uh, hopefully it will be 150 next month. Right? Elizabeth's yeah. going to get out there and start tripping people and making sure. But I think once we, we get on some of the more popular Spotify, uh, et cetera, platforms, we'll, mm. we'll see a little bump on there. And hopefully we've talked to talked on things that will interest you uh before we go we want to remind you that we are running this incredible deal if you want to subscribe to the war cry for a buck a month that's 12 dollars a year and if you do that we're going to send you a book we're going to give you a free book um that's that's a free book in crest books and i don't know what titles but right now we're featuring identity revealed by our blessed writer uh major amy reardon uh, it's our newest book that that she's put out on uh, the book of Colossians, which we, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on. So that book is available for you if you subscribe. 
And you're going, well, you know what? Why do I need to subscribe? Uh, I go to the court. Hey, how about subscribing for somebody that doesn't go to a Salvation Army unit and they can't get this magazine? We'd like to see our subscription base uh, rise a little bit. Um, you know, we're, we're not in it for, for, for the money, uh, so to speak, but we're in it to just make sure that this gets in people's hands and that the gospel uh, is shared in uh, the good stories that we're talking about, uh, the Salvation Army and the nation are going to all kinds of things. My dad is subscribing. I finally getting him a subscription, which is excited about my dad's. Wait, he did subscribe. I know he. Did. I, I got his. I got his check in the circulation, and uh, I saw the last name, and I was like, I knew who this is. <laughs> Still proud of my dad. Yeah. He's ninety one and going strong. And uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if my dad knows how to download the podcast, but I love my dad, hmm. and he's a he's a salvationist at the uh, Susun Croc Center. Uh, in, um, and he became a salvation just a few years ago with, along with my mom before she passed away. Um, but my mom was a subscriber for a long time, loved, uh, loved the magazine. Um, so, you know, maybe there's somebody out there in your family, you can just gift them with it. Don't even tell them, just let it start arriving. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting all kinds of magazines at my house now, just because I became a, an official AARP member. And uh, I'm 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 really important now of all the different things that I get, but it's kind of interesting. But we encourage you uh, to subscribe and uh, to to tell us what's going on. So, any closing thoughts from you two? Don't you can't say no. I don't have anything. Any any <laughs> words of wisdom? Anything you're excited about? Anything you're working on? Um, et cetera, et cetera. Well, as you know, we're looking at the release of a Mr. Rogers movie coming up and we, he has, Mr. Rogers had a tie to the Salvation Army, a good friend of the army. We look to, uh, forward to exploring that in our magazine and, uh, we sure appreciate, um, what Colonel Foley is bringing to, uh, our editorial row in terms of perspective and, uh, energy and innovation. Well, Thank you for that. Obviously, it's time for your interview. <laughs> no, but I appreciate that. It's fun. You know, I, I, I enjoy coming here to the fourth floor. I, I miss out when I'm when I'm gone. And, and uh, there's a lot of synergy here. There's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of openness. We're going to try things. And if it doesn't work, we'll stop it. And we'll try something else. And people will think, well, that's kind of like a Google thing to do. Actually, that's a salvationist thing to do. William Booth used to tell that. He said that over and over to to his soldiers. If something's not working, stop it. Try something else. So that's that's kind of what we're going to do. We're not going to stop the magazine, but we're going to keep recreating and, and keep kind of dinkering with the, the thing a little bit. So. And we always keep our readers in mind, and it's a privilege to do this work, and we just hope that we can convey something of that spirit to you. Michelle, you got anything you're working on? Anything kind of coming up? I mean, I tried to find out where Tom Hanks lived when I was in California, but it didn't work. So, um, no, I'm just, like Jeff said, trying to get an interview for the Mr. Rogers movie. I think that'd be really, really special. That will be really yeah. good. And we have a lead to a, a, to have an interview with the author, Amy Hollingsworth, who has written a book on the spirituality, uh, the spiritual life of Mr. Rogers. It's a lovely book. Uh, and uh, we'll be interviewing her. So we'll be featuring that in our next podcast a little bit. Colonel Foley, I know also that you're very busy. What's on your horizon? 
Oh, well, just a few things. I think um, our listeners would be interested to know, especially uh, that the national headquarters is doing some efficiency moves. So starting November 1st, uh, I become the national program secretary uh, along as the editor in chief. And people keep asking me how, you know, well, we're praying for you and I don't know how you're going to do it. But my honest response is I've been given jobs in the Salvation Army. I never know how I was going to do it. And somehow it always kind of worked out. But we're going to be merging the program and the publications kind of in, into a an, into a publishing house um, sort of sort of thing, and that's still kind of shaping out how we're going to do it. But it also means a little bit more responsibility on my play, a little bit more travel, a little bit more engagement on all kinds of different fronts. So kind of very excited about that. Was that what you were referring to? Certainly that's part of it. Uh, I know that your, your schedule is quite busy too. And in the meantime, you're doing writing. Yeah, I'm trying to write because, you know, you come in and you just kind of shake your fist. <laughs> well, that's because Michelle comes and shakes her fist right. at me and I <laughs> and going, convey that on. <laughs> get the colonel. Yeah, and uh, get the privilege to go to Indonesia in November. And I'm teaching at a, a holiness seminar uh, for officers there, along with Colonel Henson and myself. We received an invitation and we're getting more details. We're going to actually stop in Tokyo for a couple of days. And uh, I lived in Japan when I was a kid and uh, I always love going to Japan. It's beautiful country yeah. probably one of the least christian uh, populations is less than one percent of the population is christian there but there's a good salvation army presence there and certainly in indonesia when when we're we're interested um colonel satterley went there last year and kind of did uh, some uh some follow-up on some of the earthquake damage and, and things of that nature and we featured that so that's kind of on the horizon plus you know a lot of different things here or there um so we're we're, we're rolling along, but we have time. We're, we're trying to do podcasts and we're trying to do a weekly, uh, uh, what do we call it? Facebook live. Yeah. The Facebook, uh, the language, the kids, the social media stuff. I can't keep up on it, but uh, they're trying to educate us anyway. Wait, did you hear that? Instagram is it's going to official name be Instagram by Facebook. Oh, really? They're changing that. Like, no one's going to call it that. Let's be honest. Like Mark Zuckerberg, we need to talk because well, it's not working. If we can get them, if we can get them to sponsor, our, <laughs> our, we will call them by that name. If we can get them to sponsor Instagram us. Instagram by Facebook. <laughs> you have to say the full thing. Can't just call it Instagram anymore. Well, um, I, uh, do any, uh, well, I've already covered that. I already asked you guys <laughs> for your stuff. Yeah, we could go on and on, but uh, we hope to, we look forward to further discussion and further uh, announcements of new things happening here. Yeah, we're 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 excited about that. You know, we're we're going off the uh, the little um, three eyes that I have. Imagine, uh, innovate, uh, and inspire um, in no particular order, really. And and I, I think we're 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 seeing that. We're seeing the results. Um, we're doing some behind the scenes changing on how we're handling the circulation of our magazine. There's there's some refining of, of the mechanics, uh, which uh, which will, will will come about. Which I appreciate the staff being patient and appreciate the uh, field being patient as we make some of those changes. Well, with that note, I, I do want to close off with uh, just a scripture that um, I feel important to read in our times, just reminding everyone that we need to continue to uh, be kind to one another. Uh, for whatever reason in our world right now, it seems to be very hostile, bitter, bitter critical, condescending, um, angry, and violent. 
But, you know, the Apostle Paul writes in the book of Titus, chapter 3, But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. And so our benediction to you is because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. So I say, make the most of each day. Talk to people in love, look people in the eye, and wish them a good day, and be kind to all, as the Lord would guide us to do. Thank you for listening, and uh, we hope to hear from you, and we'll, we'll be back with you next month. So God bless you. Before we get back to the conversation with Colonel Foley, I just want to take a moment to talk about Peer Magazine. Peer is a Salvation Army youth publication for 16 to 22 year olds. By addressing topics related to faith, community, and culture, Peer ignites a conversation that deepens biblical perspective, faith, and holy living. Peer is a monthly magazine that comes directly to your mailbox for free almost every month. Just visit peermag.org to subscribe. Again, that's peermag.org.